0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings BMW Championship, second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the penultimate tournament of the PGA season, final bets, one and done, the weather, and all the DraftKings picks, lineups, and ownership with Toe Tag and Tambo, Tower Tambolini from shipitnation.com. What is up, sir? This is a very interesting DraftKings format this week.
2: Yeah, they switch it back. We got those 5Ks back. We're down to 50 guys, only 30 move on based on the standings. So we'll have to wait and see how it all shakes out. But it's also the the last golf show that we're doing, and we didn't even get to do it in studio, Pat. So we're back here. We're going remote on this one, but still a good event. Big contest. I've got two in the mega this week, so I'm fully dialed in. The forty four forty four is going on this week. I'd won two tickets into that. So last chance to try and become a golf millionaire maker winner for this season before we move on to next and with NFL just around the corner.
1: You don't think that they're going to have a Ryder Cup million dollar offering?
2: Yeah, I don't think so. It'll be 250k up top.
1: Nah, we can make it work. I would much prefer to play Ryder Cup daily fantasy than play a 50 man shortened field, to be perfectly honest
2: with you. I like it. And there's some strategy to it, too. We saw it at the President's Cup with the certain players that you're unsure of how much time they're actually going to get out there and all that. So we'll be there. We'll we'll be looking forward to it. I'll, I'll have some stuff out for that one for sure.
1: What do you uh, make of the strategy this week for drafting even before we get into the bets or anything like that, like first impressions, because we were just talking before I hit record on this, you know, Paul's away. So I'm producing everything this week, hence why I'm at home in a more controllable atmosphere for myself. But is it going to be double stud, double loser, and then two guys in the middle?
2: It just feels like, again, you get, everyone talks about late steam and ownership on certain players. I look at it from both angles and I look at like, what's the late steam on the roster construction this week. And I think people have found themselves more comfortable just on ownership projections moving with going with a couple guys down low. Now that doesn't mean you you have to plug in Patrick Rogers and Seamus Power or Lee Hodges and, and Adam Shank. Maybe that is a combo that you'll see, but I'm saying it definitely feels like people want four guys, 8K and above. And that's an easier way to do it that that I'm seeing people building with, especially if they're trying to get one of those top guys in like a Cantlay or above. So it feels like Stars and Scrubs heavy, even though balance kind of worked last week. And if you think about this one, Pat, even though it's a no-cut shortened field, brought this up a couple of times this week, I kind of want to get your take to flip it back to you, is this is not the same scoring environment, or at least we wouldn't expect it to be. Maybe easier than 2020 when they were here. But maybe not. They also watered the greens that year heavily over the weekend. So who knows? But all I'm saying is position placement points can become very important. And if you got, need six guys to get those and not just the guys that score in that weaker range, you, you could end up seeing balance become a better strategy here.
1: Maybe. And I think that would harken back to last week where I actually we built a lineup on the show last week that I threw into the 25 and like it had a real chance, except for it had Seb on it, who was dead last. I think, but it was like Rory and Glover and Poston, and it was essentially the uh, the recent form lineup, which ended up turning out like really well outside right. of Straka coming in, but just his placement points and doing nothing even, and it was more pronounced last week being dead last in a birdie fest that you just had no chance of actually competing for any of the top prizes, even small field stuff that I had it in, like it couldn't get at the top by the time that Sunday came around, so... I mean, you're going to need the winner, obviously, in a 50-man field. You'll probably need three guys inside the top five, something like that. But you just can't have the guy at the back end of the field unless he somehow miraculously has two hole-in-ones or something like
2: that. Exactly what I'm saying. So we're on the same page, a little different, I think. But to your point, exactly. And this one, I just worry that because there may not be that scoring out there, like you find it again, par is usually a pretty good score here. You see it. I think it was uh, Joe at Picks did a show with him earlier this week. You've had him on in the past. He did a little chart. It showed like hole one and two forgiving after that good night to all your scoring and just you know make par and move on and pick up what you can along the way and if that's the case like you said if you got the guy at the back it's just not going to work out very well if he doesn't have any scoring to go with it and that's where you could see where if it's not rory scotty rom you kind of then could have that balance build where even if you start it with like hovland and go down or Xander and go down you do have a way just to avoid that range or maybe only punt one Instead of I'm starting to see people punting two spots down low to fit it even more.
1: Uh, I was just looking at I uh, sorted of by difficult courses on Fantasy National. So I mean we assume I mean this is the assumption that I think that everyone is making this week that it's going to play similar to 2020 and even if it plays a little bit easier it's still going to be one of the harder courses that we'd seen on tour this season which I'm a big fan of I want a difficult test as a part of the FedEx Cup playoffs. I don't want to see a minus 26 winner. A minus five winner would be just terrific this week. And maybe not a bad spot. Let's say nothing works out with the Honda classic. I don't know if you can play golf in Florida tour wise in the middle of August might be a bit too hot, but maybe move PGA national to one of the playoff events. Uh, That's something I would enjoy or move match play there. I just want more PGA national, more courses like Olympia fields into the mix, but Past 24 rounds, difficult courses, bogey avoidance, because when you look at the scorecard and I was on sort of on the same page as Joe when I did the research show, went through the scorecard like you can get birdies early one, two and four, I think are ones where you can realistically get birdies. But there's seven holes on this course that I believe are right around 30 percent bogey or worse rate, but it's mainly bogey rate. Not a lot of worse like you see at courses like Southwind, like we saw a week ago. So actual bogey avoidance is going to be key. Now, obviously, it's from different courses against different fields when they're weighted against what the field is doing in terms of the strokes gained average. But difficult courses, generally speaking, are the higher end field. So here are the top 10 past 24 rounds in terms of bogey avoidance per FantasyNational.com. Jason Day is number one. Tommy Fleetwood, Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Spieth, Hatton, Cantley, Xander, Matsuyama, Harmon, Hadwin, Victor, Rory, Henley, and then Ben Ann. Do any of those names surprise you or would actually just like, hey, I wasn't thinking about that guy. Like Hadwin, I think is the biggest one on that list. You're like, really?
2: Hadwin? Yeah, Hadwin. Hadwin, you got me on there. And then um, one that stood out that I guess I haven't heard much talk about at all this week is Matthew Fitzpatrick, because... He's 8000 and you know that's a, a different price point than most people are going to this week like a lot of people are either in that 9k and above or they're very comfortable dropping down to some of the guys I know you like Benny Benny this week at 7500 like you've got some guys down there that I think people are just more comfortable with and realistically FitzPatrick is probably a better player than all these guys it's just what have you done for me lately and you're now bringing up well he's at least avoided bogeys for you lately so that stands out and the rest pretty standard Hadwin was by far the biggest standout when you mentioned him there
1: uh, looking back to past twelve rounds, just to see if anything changes, Fitz actually moves to number one over the past twelve rounds. Fitz Hideki Fleetwood, Windy C. Spieth, Straka really wouldn't have. Uh, guess guess last week wasn't a hard hard enough course to account for these standings. Uh, ben Ann, Rory, Cantley, Glover, Hadwin again, Scheffler, Henley, Hatton, Rom, Jason Day. So days performance he goes from 1 to 16 once you shrink down that sample size so if you use the rolling report on fantasy national you can find some of these guys but I just want to throw that out there talk a little bit of strategy you can always check the time codes for all of this stuff before we get into the bets because I only have four this week and here are the bets ready for this yep Xander Shoffley 20 to 1 Keegan Bradley, 60 to one with five places. Ben Ann, 66 to one with five places. Adam Svensson, 125 to one with five places. Just the numbers love Adam Svensson. And who am I to disagree with the numbers? I usually go with my gut and I lose. So I might as well go with the numbers on this one.
2: Yeah, I got to look at Svensson. I didn't re- again, I like him. I've always liked him. Everything that's going on with him, the T to Green game has been very strong over the last four solid around the greens, good on approach. Yeah. Definitely stands out. He, he's one that I wasn't as high on my list, even just using Fantasy National. I go a little bit longer term. I know you were looking at like 24 rounds, but he still does look good on my side. And at 6,200 when we get to DraftKings, but at 125, like that number, I had three only this week and they're different than you. I got Hideki at 30. I got Finau at 40. And I did pick up the very, very early morning, Monday morning text from my friend, Ryan Baroff, Cameron Young at 50 to one before it dropped like a rock. So took that for the number, still don't feel great about it because this guy doesn't win, or at least we haven't seen it. Uh, he, he's got wins in the past, but we've seen him come very close. So maybe in a 50-man field, he can find his way around off the tee and get to the top of the leaderboard.
1: Just for everyone out there, since no one is betting him this week, obviously Tommy Fleetwood is going to win.
2: Y- did you see my tweet? No. <laughs> uh, I, I said that. that's exactly, I said, like, here's the obvious thing. I, I parlayed, I, again, it's a, it's a fun bet, but I put Fleetwood with Europe. And I said, you got to get ahead of the headlines. Here's the obvious. No one's betting Fleetwood for once. They all just bet him last week. He's going to win, albeit a 50-man field. So people will make fun of him that he got his first win, even though it was in a playoff event with 50 of the best. And then the reason you take Europe is because JT will miss a short putt and everyone will say Lucas Glover would have made that when Lucas gets overlooked because that's all the talk this week of Glover being guaranteed to be on the Ryder Cup team. And if they don't take him, they're crazy and all these other factors. So I say you just parlay those two, two things together.
1: You'll be all set. I mean, that makes a lot of logical sense. Did you get any pushback? It's like, well, I know one person betting Tommy Fleet. What's go wrong? Yes, I, I had pasted them back the
2: 50 person <laughs> thread where one person, had Tommy Fleetwood on their card. I think it's like golf betting tips. And he does, he did like a thread of every card in the industry. And it was like one person had Tommy Fleetwood. Otherwise he would have been excluded altogether. And it's all a number thing, right? People oh, Tommy doesn't win. And now he's down to 22. That's just stupid. We'll talk about him when we get there. But man, he, every single thing you could probably want for this course, he pops up at, he's been in the mix almost every tournament, the last seven tournaments. And it would just make sense, Pat. That would be the time that he does it. A 50 man field, Oh well, he got his first win, but it was only a fifty-man field. Of course, who cares?
1: Maybe I went with Xander over Tommy. Maybe I should just cash that out and go with Tommy.
2: I kind of like Xander, uh, you know. From from la- I liked him more last week. One, the argument about him is obviously his finishes haven't been very top-heavy these last few weeks. But we are still in a no-cut. I know some people are looking at just U.S. Open history in general, and like to compare it to a hard course, tough off the tee, everything you need, complete game. I mean, Xander would set up well for that. And I also think when we get to the DFS side of things, I think it's going to be close, at least in ownership, him and Hovland. Hovland did look better around the greens last week. If you watch some of those shots down the stretch, but I don't know. I, I think I would still side with Xander there long term. So it's, uh, you know, uh, up to you, but I do like the Xander bet at 20.
1: Well, I, I don't want to uh, reveal because I'm not playing very many lineups this week. I'm just playing basically like one in higher stakes and kind of across the board. And then we'll mm-hmm. build some on the show and I'll play those in the $5 and 50 cent, whatever it might be. But my team starts Xander hub.
2: Okay. Yeah. That, that's another interesting way to go about it. I was looking at Going back to the Cali guys and, and go to, to Cantley and, and Xander that people played last week and worked out quite nicely. But of course, they both got a little bit of a price bump there. So I, I like that start that you went with just double down on those two and then drop down from there.
1: Yeah. The, the hardest part for me in that lineup was trying to figure out who I wanted in like the 8K range because that's what I ended up being left with. Now I could rejig the lineup, but I think I had the people in it that I wanted. And then I was like, man, who in these who in the eight thousand dollar range do I really like? And it's like, is it Jason Day? Is it Tom Kim? Maybe the answer is Matthew Fitzpatrick and just leave money on the table.
2: Yeah. The one thing is funny, I haven't talked about him all week at all. And when you just brought it up, just go back and look at it. Using fantasy national going even on my longer term stuff, not only did he pop in the bogey avoidance, it's the it's the around the green, the scrambling. We know he's gotten better off the tee and longer, if you will, because there's talks of this week with the rain coming in, last time's leaderboard being all bombers. Like, it does at least make some sense. But then, you know, you had Brendan Todd, you had Brian Harmon, you had other guys up that board. So, really, if you can put it in the fairway, you're just as good. But the point is, I think it's, like, one of the lower fairway rates here. It's, like, less than – I think it's around 40%, 40 to 45%. So, obviously, when that happens, people just side with the distance anyway for good reason.
1: So, I I went back to try to – I think I talked about it on – The research show, I can't remember now when it came down to the stats and some of those outlier names that you see up there because you have like you know, Munoz, for example, was T8. You know, he wouldn't really peg him as a bomber. Fitz was T6 here uh, last time around as well. And obviously, if you're using U.S. Open stuff, he just won the U.S. Open last year. So maybe not a bad look, but even like Brennan, Todd and Munoz really stick out as the two non bomber outliers inside the top 10 Munoz gained 5.2 strokes around the green so he was just chipping in all week and Todd gained seven strokes putting so yeah, yeah you can be a shorter accurate hitter and contend but you need to have some weird outlier happen for you on or around the green just to come inside the top 10 everyone else I mean even Hideki Hideki didn't play great. He gained over six strokes around the green. So he just kept chipping in the entire time. So like I'm not as big on Hideki this week, although it looked like he put something together when he needed it the most in the final round at Southwind. But I'm just, I mean, looking back at what he's been doing in the past three months, just he has great rounds and he has really bad rounds. There's been really no consistency with him. But I wanted to hit on Xander. For a second. Uh, and the reason that I ended up coming around to him, because if people watch the show with me and Jeff, then you know, Xander wasn't really on my radar. So I went to go look. It's like I need someone who can really drive the ball well this week. Long and straight. And there's only so many guys on tour that can actually do that. So I start looking through Xander's off the tee numbers. And they're really, really good. Outside of three times this year, are they really, really good. And he lost over three strokes off the tee in each of those three events. Do you want to know what those three events were? I do, because I the only one I know is last week. Okay, so you have TPC Southwind. What would you say is the defining characteristic of Southwind off the T?
2: Yeah, the, the water that you're going to have to deal with too, so.
1: Yeah, so the other two places, do you want to take a guess at what the other two are then? Did he play Honda? He did not play Honda.
2: What about uh, the players?
1: Yes, the players is one of them. Okay. Bayhill.
2: Okay. (laughs) Okay. so
1: so if there's a lot of water around, especially in your sight line off the tee, don't ever play Xander Shoffley because he's going to hit it into the water. There's there is water at this course, but it's not ubiquitous like we see at those courses. It's not really a part of your sight line when you're coming off the tee. It's not just everywhere scattered around the ground. So I would expect him to have a full rebound back to what he normally does off the tee. Like that's one thing like putting. At least, listen, I could be wrong, but if I'm trying to apply a little bit of context, if you have lost strokes off the tee three times, he's lost, well, four times all year. He lost marginally at the Travelers, like whatever. Uh, But like if you've lost a lot in three separate instances all year and there's a defining characteristic that are all the same of those three courses and this course doesn't have it, I would expect him to be closer to what he normally does, which is like three and a half, four positive strokes off the tee
2: yeah i would agree and also uh you know like, like friend like friend i guess last week because his buddy cantlay certainly found the water as well in a time that mattered most but either way that is pretty interesting because it is i just went and double checked it now just those events every other event just so good that's the thing pat like again most people look at him and, and what do you see his ownership coming in at because the where i struggle i know it's going to be pretty balanced across the board throughout there but people just keep talking about hovland but are they just going to pivot last second and bump a bunch over to Xander where they kind of just even out? Or do you think there will actually be a strong enough delta between like Cantley Hoblin getting some, Fleetwood Morikawa getting some, and then Xander gets left in the middle because he's 10 1 and his results lately on paper, people are just looking up at his actual finishes have not been the greatest, right? So, what, what's your thoughts on that?
1: I don't have a very good feel for ownership in these sorts of events. Like, even last week, I didn't have a really good feel for ownership. And Frankly, I I know it's probably more strategic to figure that out this week, but I also think that projecting it is much harder this week. So I yeah. think you still have to kind of go with your convictions. I do think that Xander will be less than Hovland. I think that Spieth will probably be less than Xander. But I really do think that a lot of people are going to be trying to jam in one of Rory, Scottie, Rahman, Cantley, presumably with one of those other guys as well. You're going to see a lot of lineups that have two of those four players in them. And then you're going to see a lot of lineups that are one of those guys with either Hovland the most as the next guy in, then Xander, then Spieth, then, well, not even Hovland, Xander, then Spieth, but more than Xander and Spieth. I think you'll see the second man in be either Tommy or Morikawa or even Homa Over Xander at that point, just because of the cost savings and what it allows you to do, either in the middle or at the bottom end, just makes it a bit more palatable. Because if you really do want to crunch it and go like Rom Xander as your start, well, then you're going to be left in like the lower sixes anyway, or the five thousand dollar range to make your next pick. Like, why would you even use Xander at that point? Just use Cantlay or something like that. It's not that big of a difference.
2: Yeah, I, I think you're right. And then I think like I was saying earlier too, like in your build, you mentioned just not giving. I don't know your build, but I'm saying when you said starting with Hovland and Xander and left it at that you can actually go like Hovland, Xander, a low 9K, like a Hatton, or even a high 8K, like a Connors, get another 8K or mid 7K. And then you just got to take two punts. And that's why I said, I'm seeing the boost down low where people are just saying, who cares? What's the difference between playing a guy in that small 7K range of just 10 guys when you can just go to a Shank Hodges or an Eric Cole Shank or something like that. And you just feel comfortable about that and be able to fit four solid guys in above. And then the decision just really comes down to your point of who's that guy in the 8K range that I pick. I think that's where there's an opportunity because the 8K range, I'm seeing pretty balanced ownership of eight to 13, 14%. And maybe Henley is the guy that gets like 15. That That's what I'm seeing right now.
1: Well, who should I pick to fill out my team? I have $8,800 left for one spot. And I could rejig it around, but I like what I'm doing at the bottom and the way that I've constructed everything. And I mean, if you saw my betting sheet, I think you know who the final three guys are to go along with it. And It doesn't need to be Hovland. Like I could drop Hovland and get up to Connors if I wanted to. Like I could go Xander Spieth or Xander Fleetwood to start and then get back into that lower $9,000 range, which would give me access to maybe Hatton. Like Sung Jae Fowler,
2: if you can get Hatton, I'm getting Hatton in there. Hatton. Yeah, but I would I would
1: have to drop Hovland down to someone else to get Hatton.
2: Oh, okay. If you have 8800, though, don't we just like we could talk about this? Obviously, a horrendous week last week, but people loved him. By the way, uh, we were talking all week. We talked about the late steam that Wyndham Clark was going to receive. People were thinking they were getting him at like 10 or 12 percent. That just we knew that wasn't happening. He got steamed all the way up. It was horrible. But now you go back here, Pat. We just talked about it. How about this year's U.S. Open champion? that can bang it off the tee. And then you go look at the long-term on him. I got him across on Fantasy National, top 10 in bogey avoidance, total strokes gained, putting, uh, driving distance, obviously right outside the top 10 in approach, right outside the top 10 in scrambling and around the green. He looks great at 8,800. I don't think he's going to be low owned because all these metrics fit for him. But at 8800 it's a pretty fair price, I think, in a 50-man field for the U.S. Open champion this season that's already on the Ryder Cup team.
1: Do we worry that he peaked at the U.S. Open? He just really hasn't been all that good since?
0: Like, it was such
1: a life-changing moment for him. He just hasn't recaptured that again? Because we see (laughs) that happen with a lot of guys.
2: It's just tough, man. It's golf. Like, man, it's, I guess. Like Sergio sucked for
1: four years after winning the Masters.
2: Yeah, like the thing is, though, this is what people, again, he won the Wells Fargo, which was before that. So yes, the US Open could be the peak of hitting the high note with the fifth, the sixth, the first, the first, and getting there with some of the other good results. But then you know how close a 25th at a Scottish Open and a 33rd at the Open can be from another top 10, or it could be a top 60, you could say, too. But I'm saying he played good enough at those events, top 30 at the Travelers. like It's just, who knows, last week, very bad week for him. And I don't know if you can go back and check your trends. I was just trying to think about that, but he was fine off the tee at the Players. Very bad off the tee at the Arnold Palmer. The, his his second worst result was at the API. So maybe it's something about the Xander effect that you brought up there. Just going back and looking at it, and who knows? But in general, I think that's uh, you know still an interesting guy to go to this week in that range, unless you just want to play Cameron Young and I, go with the, go with that route. Yeah, Sam I don't
1: I, I don't want to play Cameron Young. I think I would rather play Tom Kim or day yeah. like just no one's gonna play day I might as well just take a shot
2: yeah day, day pops for me he's another guy you just speak the same stats but I have the same stuff up so I'm just comparing them you brought him up in your your shorter term uh bogey avoidance stuff but obviously we know he pops in that thing about day when he's missing a putt and everyone's pissed off it's like yeah that was for birdie though or that was for eagle and he had a chance this and now he's tapping in for something else pars are good and they play here but around the green solid scrambling solid top 20 in driving distance off the tee and top just outside the top 20 on tee to green in general over the last 50 rounds on some of this stuff. And he's sitting there at 8,600. Like that's a fair price. Good putter. We know that, you know, I I'm fine with Jason Day as well at 8,600 here. Again, this range, I just think is a good range to get to. And when we build Pat, I think that's what I'm saying is where I think you could pick your guy up top and pepper in some of these guys. Even if you start with Hatton, you could still get Hatton and a couple 8Ks and you have a different build than everyone that's skipping the nines and dropping to the punts down low.
1: Well, the other thing that I could do with this lineup is I could take Hovland out and put in fits because every case that I just made against Wyndham Clark in terms of like, did he peak when he won the US Open? Da-da-da-da-da. I mean, Day has that weird outlier second at the Open Championship. Since he won at Byron Nelson, he went from being the most consistent bet to be a top 20 on the PGA Tour to guy who sucks.
2: Yeah, it's pretty true. But again, like he's actually the guy that might be the one that
1: peaked because he got his win.
2: Like that's what I'm saying. (laughs) But it's so so. If you're doing this, you're like Xander Fitzpatrick. You still have almost eight thousand dollars left to spend.
1: Yeah, it gets me back up to eleven one if I just take out Hovland and take and put in Fitz in that like spot where the eight K guy used to be. So I can get up to Cantlay if I wanted to. I'm a I'm a hundred dollars short of Rom, unfortunately.
2: Do you have a preference there again? The price difference says it's massive, but like, did you if you had to pick one of Cantlay or Rom, do you have a choice?
1: Yeah, I think Rom would be my favorite guy in this field.
2: Yeah, one one thing I'm noting on him again, I don't. It's not a big deal because the ownership spread is not enough to talk about, but just to just to mention it, I think at the start of the week people thought Scotty Scheffler was going to be the one to get squeezed because you either go up to Rory or you just take last time's winner here, John Rom, who also <laughs> has some U.S. Open moxie and all this stuff you could look at. But in general, uh, it actually looks like because. People still love Scotty. It's Rory, Scotty, and Cantlay, with Rom being a little bit squeezed in the middle there. Just,
1: just a note. I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, I can just keep Hovland in this lineup too. Like I, I don't care about leaving seven hundred bucks on the table. Definitely, definitely
2: not this week. I mean, you can you can leave that easily here. It's the difference. That's what I'm saying. Like that's the seven hundred bucks. Is Rom Cantlay right there. I, the $700 doesn't mean Rom's better play than can'tley That's just the number on draftkings.com. It's like, you got to just pick your guy in that spot. And that's where to show you how much you can leave on the table, make that decision anywhere. If you think Fitzpatrick is as good as Hovland, I mean, you, you can leave all that money on the table if you really thought that was the case. I don't think many do think that, but just to making a case, that's how I look at it. Like what I can leave versus just having to go and upgrade somebody else.
1: Let's talk about the one and done. It's the final one. If we don't get a winner, we are out of the money. Even if we do get a winner, we might still be out of the money at this point. But we most definitely need the winner. Uh, we've used every good player outside of Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy, so Tommy, Tommy it is. we have
2: to believe it's the it's the week, man. What's his percentage available?
1: Twenty five percent.
2: Perfect. This see everyone's off that of, you can't use them. Like he'll get, he's gonna get played in DFS. But like I said, the reason people aren't betting is because of the number that's you. You and I have been doing this a long time. You longer than me, Pat. That is how it works. We've seen this time and time again. I can't bet Russell Henley at 22 to one at the Shell Houston Open. Okay, don't bet him. Guess who wins the tournament? Russell Henley at 22 to one. That's, you paid all the money in, but you didn't bet him when the win happened. So that's the way it goes. That's Tommy this week. I like the
1: pick. Uh, worth noting, fantasygolfchampionships.com for the one and done. There is a new one and done that is available up now for the swing season. They're a very, very small contest. The race for the Mayo Cup will return in January uh, as the $125 contest with 50 K up top. But if you just want something to do during the swing season, fantasy golf degenerates, you know, you guys are going to be talking about these tournaments uh, as the swing oh, yeah. season goes along. I might even be doing the swing season show as well. There's a hundred dollar one. There's a $50 one. 56 person tournament if one fills another one's going to start but um there's five thousand dollars in the hundred dollar one uh, in terms of total prizes so it's not huge or anything like that but if you want something to keep your interest for the swing season one and done only uh just to pay attention to golf as it goes along i recommend it fangolfchamps.com fantasy golf you should probably get an email pretty soon and guess what i think i might have i think i might be doing an nfl survivor pool for everyone
2: oh yeah Perfect. I, I love Survivor. I think it's the greatest. And last year was an absolute disaster. So hopefully it doesn't turn out like that. But I think people, many people were done like three weeks in last season. But I, I like the carnage, Pat. I love playing it. I'm excited for NFL. And that's just another way you can get involved.
1: Yeah. So I suppose I should tell the people if you miss Tambo and I, don't worry. We'll be back very soon uh, with, you know, strategy for DraftKings NFL. We'll be doing that show. We'll be doing, you know, content every single week on the Pat Mayo experience with all that. And you guys have a ton of stuff going on at Ship It Nation as well. Maybe even partnered with Run the Sims too. Yes, we're
2: working on some stuff. We've got some partnerships coming out. Pat's trying to leak all the secrets, but that's okay. We'll we'll make it happen. It's going to be a good season over there. And speaking of the strategy stuff you just mentioned, Hoop and myself recorded a four-hour NFL DFS process course, fully segmented to the topics people want to know, live finals, showdown, roster construction, creating your own process, and that comes free with any membership you sign up for right now. All the prices are still on sale. There's a bundle we brought that will go away after the first week kicks off, so check it out. Do the plug now, Pat, shipitnation.com, and we can move on.
1: Yeah, runthesims.com, code Mayo gets you 10% off everything at Run the Sims, and it's just all tools. There's no content that goes along with it, so hopefully we have some partners that will be able to provide context and content along with myself and justin to go around with it but if you just want the tools then boom uh you can go customize them and run ten thousand simulations in under five seconds it's pretty easy maybe more
2: maybe you could do more stuff speaking of now that you you little secrets you're leaking we'll find out we'll keep that one under wraps but run the sims doing some really cool stuff right now definitely excited for that love you and justin so excited uh for for what's to come we'll see
1: yeah pay attention follow uh at justin freeman 18 on twitter because he might have some news breaking about a simulation tool coming very very soon at that is something that interests you for NFL. Did you take a look at the weather? I did. Uh, It is actually interesting. Like, I don't know. So two things interesting,
2: I'll say, if you've got it up. I mean, there's literally an Olympia Fields tower. So you can get pretty damn close to where you're going here. And it is looking windy and rainy for Thursday. I'm not sure if you saw it, but it's like you're looking at, you know, 16 mile per hour, up to 17 mile per hour sustained. Crazy gusts in the early morning. Looks like 39, 31, 28, 20 throughout the day. Heavy rain leading up until about two o'clock. Friday has absolutely nothing. But the second piece that I was going to say is interesting. Is I actually didn't realize this. Pat is you know until yesterday afternoon after we did our show, just kind of looking it up. The tea times are they're going out in twos, and they're actually really separated. Like nine, eight thirty or nine thirty in the morning. I'm not sure which is local, but I think it's eight thirty Eastern. Yeah,
1: you know, I and think then, it's uh, uh, Chicago Central Time, isn't it?
2: Right. Sorry. I was just going on what I think the time they're going out is, right? Is I think it was I thought it was 8 30 Eastern that I saw. But either way, I I
1: believe uh, I believe it's 8 30 central time. So it'd be 9 30. JT Post and Brennan Todd on the first team. That
2: is what it is. And so anyway, yeah, 9 26 AM versus Harris English and Rogers go off at two o'clock. he said, Well, that's just two guys. But I mean, after 12 o'clock is what, four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty, twenty-six guys. Half the field's going off three and a half hours later. Basically, or sorry, two and a half hours later after the start time of 9:30. So interesting that you maybe could find a bit of an angle there if you wanted to hover around some groups. Look, you can go for any angle in something like this, Pat. It's 50-man field. Some will leave, but some will just cap at 49.8 and build their lineups that way. Others will say, Okay, I'm not gonna do any double stud builds if those are gonna become more popular. Some will fade 10K and above. There's a lot of different ways you can build this week, but one of them I would say would definitely be looking at this weather and seeing if you could try and find an angle in for just like a set of maybe 10 guys and build some lineups around whatever you think could work out. The challenge is, Pat, going back to it, could be like a player's situation that year because there's all that rain in the morning and it's heavy. What if it does get pushed a little bit or anything? So I have to keep an eye on it till the very last minute.
1: Yeah, and the wind gust that you were talking about, the like up to 45 mile per hour, that's all right now as we're looking at it before they get on the course.
2: Yeah, it slows down after that. There's rain that comes around. It looks like 10 a.m. local. And then two o'clock, it looks like it rains heavy again. So I I don't know how it will actually play out or look, but I I don't have a problem with it on a 50-man field where you're trying to look at any angle to be able to get unique in these tournaments to get a shot to get up to the top.
1: And Friday looks like the greatest day ever to play golf.
2: Yes, it really does. And uh, Saturday wasn't that bad either. I think when you look at the longer fork, again, we're getting way too into it, but like it's Saturday was just fine as well. A little bit more wind than Friday, but Friday does look perfect.
1: All right, let's talk DraftKings then what do you think if we just I just try to straight up build lineups what do you think is going to be the most popular build this week
2: man it's so tough i think it's rory uh, yeah R- rory or cantley is what i'm looking at now if, if you're starting with one of those guys so it just it looks like a punt is involved no matter what like i'm seeing even Kirk getting some late love. I'm seeing Patrick Rogers get some late love. You know, Lee Hodges
1: for sure. I'm seeing this Kirk stuff too. I, I didn't quite get it. I mean, I, I get it because I looked up his numbers, but I was just surprised that people started gravitating. Yeah, like I'm seeing Shank, Hodges, Shank, Kirk, Hodges and Shank way above everyone else, then Kirk. And then it's like Cole and Svenson.
2: Yeah, like if you if you go Hodges, Shank, who are the guys that you would think like eight K to 10k like who, who's it going to be like uh hodges
1: shank with rory
2: in it well i just think we land where we land at the end i'm trying to figure out up the middle what's that look like like i'm only really seeing henley ben ann 82 i guess hatton at 9k ben ann oh ben ann yes let's put ben ann in this definitely he's he's the guy for sure
1: uh i'm seeing him and cameron davis right around the same so if you did those two rory ben ann shank with hodges and then Cam Davis you have ten thousand dollars to get Spieth, cow or Fleetwood if you could find the extra hundred bucks you could get to Xander
2: yeah I think we see people skip this ugly range though and go to like it looks like it's Hatton because even if you go Hatton you still have enough money to get Hovland Cantley there you go so you can go you can go H- Cantley Hovland, Hatton Ben Ann Shank Hodges and you don't have to play any of those ugly 8K guys where like you said, there's so many question marks. Nobody knows what to do. You get Hovland, who people like, and then you can mess around with this, but I'm saying like Hatton looks underpriced at 9K in on Fantasy National, Hatton rates out like top five in some of the main categories across the board. Like he's just so solid and he's been good, Pat, in all these, like he, he was good in all those tournaments. When, when he went to um, the RBC Canadian Open, I remember us talking about it saying, this is like the first weak field He's played in and sure enough, he puts that eight under on Sunday and tries to get into the mix, but too little too late. So I don't know. I just think this build looks popular, but if you go off Hovland Cantley here and go to Rory, you can still get Wyndham Clark, Tom Kim or Jason Day or anybody like that. What, what else are you seeing with this build?
1: I mean, I just now that we've built it out, it does seem a little bit like I don't want to say that's going to be I, I just don't think a lot of people will do that, to be perfectly honest with you so then i think
2: just just to say it we who do you pick between shank and hodges i mean neither i'd play svensson no who we're doing what the public does because i think i have the second version of this is what you're about to say is it's pick one so let's just go let's go hodges one and then i think it's what you said where then it becomes the ben ann cam davis and you still have 9500 to play with so even if you went up to rory You've got a 7K guy and a 9K guy. You've got two 8K guys. You can do whatever you want at that point. How else do you see it playing out if people aren't doing that?
1: I, I just think you're going to see, maybe Cantley is the answer to this and playing Cantley with Vic. Uh, if that ends up working, then fine. But I do think that you're going to see one of Rory Scheffler-Rom. Between those three, I mean, between the four, I guess maybe since we had Cantley in, that would work. But Rory Scheffler-Rom all together, I would say that they lead a lineup, not even saying they're playing together, but they lead a lineup over 50% of the time and probably like 60, 70% of the time this week.
2: So then that still requires a choice because even if you plug in Rory with just Ben Ann and Davis as our starting point to say, okay, that's what it is. That's why the punts still get popular because who are the other three 7K guys that people are going to use if they're not using a punt? So, or who is the punt that they use? It's probably Schenck.
1: Uh, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the seven. So it's Cam Davis, Ben Ann and Griot along with Keegan Bradley. And then Shank at 65 is just sucking up a lot of the oxygen oxygen there.
2: Yeah. That's why I'm saying it almost has to be Shank. Okay. Because even if I pull Griot, uh, Griot and just say, okay, McIlroy and Davis Shank, I've got 8,000 to play with. And then it becomes your choice of Griot and 8,700 like Tom Kim Or it can become like, I don't know, people like what Justin Rose did last week and that gets you to Henley, like Rose Henley. Do you think that would be popular? Maybe they're getting some- I I, I I personally
1: don't think that Rose is going to be popular. So that's me.
2: Yeah, pick your poison. I guess that's where maybe, okay, so I'll save that one. Take Rose out, leave Henley's definitely the popular 8K guy. So you take Rory down to Cantley, and now you can get Max Homa in there. Or you can take Rom-
1: with got Clark. It. I got the lineup. I got the lineup for you. What do you got? Rory and Cantley together. Shank and Kirk with Ann and Grio. Zero dollars left over. That's what people are doing. But it's funny because you said no one's, you just said no one's playing Lee Hodges and Shank, but it's Kirk and Shank. It's the same thing. People are playing. These double stud lineups. That's what we're learning. I mean, I didn't say that no one is playing Hodges. You just asked me to pick between them and I picked Hodges. No, no, no. You
2: you didn't say the, the, I'm not calling out the player. You didn't say I'm saying you said you just, the way you you were saying we were building, you felt like people weren't building it that way, but then we're here again. People are building. I I,
1: I can see that you were right about that, that now that I've gone through and building, like I wasn't trying to build these type of lineups. Right. But I do think that people will try to build these type of lineups. I think
2: because your, your original point is very correct that, Rory, Scheffler, Rom, Cantley is taking up a massive point. Not saying with two of them, but at least starting. But what became clear from doing this exercise is that whoever you choose up top, people are still able to get them in with Hovland, Xander, Morikawa, Fleetwood, whoever it is. So that to me looks like, I, like, how do we build against that? Like, if you go Cantley Fleetwood, it's still people building. Like you said, you can get into that mid range. Like, I don't know. It feels like definitely that's what people are doing. Like, like would you, an example. Would,
1: would you rather go can't lay Rory Kirk or go can't lay Hovland Hatton?
2: Can't lay Rory Kirk.
1: Or um, think... can't lay Hovland Hatton. Like there's a three v three, but or two v two with Rory and Kirk and Hovland and Hatton.
2: Yeah, I, I would probably take the ho- the Hovland Hatton. That's where I'm saying. I think that's what could come into play here and be something that makes a difference for people, especially if we suspect it to get harder. As the weekend goes on, like, I know it may be the first day is tough and then it technically gets easier by the scoring because the scoring average goes down. So I don't want to say, you know, the factual, that's the truth, but I'm saying like it bakes out some, the greens are faster. Like, again, if the cream rises to the top, are Shank and Cole and Kirk and Hodges and these guys, are they going to penalize you because they're that anchor to you? And then you still have to get five other guys, right? Plus them. What if you get one more wrong? You're dead. Now you only have four guys. So unless you have like one, two, three, four, I think you're in trouble because then you don't have the balanced portion of it where you could have the winner, three guys in the top 10, um, and then a guy in the top 20 and a guy 24th, and that'll still make it up because the position placement points.
1: Uh, you know who I like at sixty seven hundred dollars, and I do want to work him in. And I might actually rejig my main <laughs> lineup now that I've really thought about it. Denny. Denny's the play, right?
2: She no one, like no a,
1: one is using Denny. Yeah. And we just talked about the outlier players that we saw inside the top 10 last time around. What do they do? They either chipped and putted the lights out. That was their path. That's Denny's path. And also, why do you, like, again, no cut.
2: Why do you, why would someone feel like, again, you know you're putting volatility in with Denny, but like you said, if you, who could have the outlier? I think there was a, there was three guys coming into this today, Pat, that I was going to mention. I'm glad you brought him up. He was one of them. The other two were Thigala and Siwu. Because they're like a they're like a sixty eight or a seventy eight, and you're d- like either or. But they can also chip their way back into it and find their way around, like I, like chip away at the scoring. So I think you brought up Denny. I was going to bring up those two. I wouldn't necessarily jam them all in together because there's a high likelihood one of them is the outlier. But I do like the Denny call for that reason. And what happens if you go like Denny, Benny, uh, Grio, Davis? You now have ten three. You can go back to Xander and can't lay and it actually projects the same but you do not have shank hodges or kirk and while you're still using those 7k guys you have no 8k you have no 9k and you have no 11k and above you fade the three at the top i think that's an interesting lineup pat
1: let's see if i throw svenson into this what do i end up with i think i land on Grio no, and on straka you know what I don't, or i can play keegan you can go like hovland can't lay denny hatton Svenson, keegan if you wanted to but let's say i don't love cantley i like xander instead and i save myself that money that means i have six hundred dollars left with that i could get up to homa if i wanted to i'm a hundred dollars away from fleetwood in that build or i can bring keegan up to poston Siwoo, or banan or i could bring svensson up to 68 which would give me like putnam or todd who i I don't have a ton of interest in those guys.
2: Yeah. What, what about, um, I guess I'm looking at one here that I was just thinking out loud for you. Like you bet Xander, you can get like, what, what would you think of a build like this? Cause you like some of these other guys, like Xander's your starting point. You get two guys right behind them where I don't think many go with this type of build setup where it's three starting from 10-1. You go Xander, Morikawa, Fleetwood. Then it leads you to Benny and McCarthy and Svensson. So you still have the double punt lineup, but you don't have anyone above Xander and you fit in two more 9K guys.
1: So I I think I'd rather have Hatton than Morikawa for one thing. Uh, you save us some money there. And you save a ton of money. So let's say Xander, Fleetwood, Hatton is the way I can go. And you can, I mean, I I wouldn't have that big of a problem using Spieth this week either, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I think he's sort of an outlier. Like the reason that I don't like Morikawa, I think on paper uh, it does really work out well for him. You can see how well Morikawa's results have translated to being good on paper so far but if this is going to be a little bit wetter and distance is really going to make a huge impact you're only looking for so many outs with morikawa is it going to be the one time a year he out puts everyone probably not so at least when you're talking about like denny at the bottom that he has that out he chips Andy putts Morikawa doesn't do either of those things he drives the ball accurately but he's not super long off the tee which basically means he needs to have like a 95th to 100th percentile iron week in order to truly contend at least that's the way that I'm mapping it out in my mind whereas Hatton hits the ball a little bit longer he's been better off the tee he can chip and putt that can be an out for him I feel like at this course in particular Morikawa is really boxed into a corner with how many outs that he has like he's not He's not drawing to a flush draw. He's drawing to an inside straight draw.
2: And at almost $10,000. Yes. Which matters. I mean, that's that's part of it as well when you got the other guys around him, like you said. So again, he can have an outlier iron week because he's called Cow. It could happen. But it's like you said, when you have these other options around him and just using the Fleetwood example, yeah, probably a little bit more owned to or similar. But honestly, cow has been getting a little bit of love lately uh, that we've seen. I, I have him somewhere in the 12 to 15 range, even if he is on the lower side of that, like 13. It is what it is. Like, you, you can play them or don't. I'm just saying I, I like the points you just made. So, like, a Xander, Hatton, Fleetwood would could still be, at least, a double punt build, but you could also mess around with it and say, okay, Denny, Benny, and just 7,000 flat, right? Like, you'd end up with 7,000. You'd be making your pick between Thigala or Hadwin. You kind of liked Hadwin earlier. What do you think of that?
1: I mean, I don't love Hadwin. It's just I was surprised to see the numbers come up on him. I'd probably actually want to play Thigala. But although Hadwin's played well at U.S. Opens in the past, Mm-hmm. so i could see it or you could go xander fleetwood Hatton, fits double punt denny and svensson
2: can you get that yeah
1: yeah eight, it has 300 thousand
2: in there i kind of like that too because then you are skipping the entire 7k range you actually still you can get shank in there but you like svensson yeah yeah so that's that's a pretty good bit again that's like that's a thing so in this type of build even if i go shank there it's just so unique you're still double punting with including one of them being shank but not many are playing McCarthy. Barely anybody's playing Fitzpatrick. And how many people that are starting with Xander are also getting Hatton and Fleetwood in there? And you have nobody in the 7K range and nobody 10-3 and above. So none of the most popular guys up there in Rory, Rom, Scheffler, Cantley, Hovland. So yeah, I think that's another way to do it this week. And that's actually much lower owned and only a couple points on projection that we're sacrifice- sacrificing with a unique roster construction and lower ownership, both product and overall. So yeah, definitely looks pretty solid from that point.
1: All right. So I I think that that's the type of lineup that I want to go with. Like I said, I'm not spamming the board or playing 150 this week, kind of phasing myself out of golf a little bit, give myself a little bit of breather before the Mm -hmm. NFL starts. Although thanks to your help and the help of Run the Sims, I actually made a lot of money during NFL DFS last year. So did you, but I didn't make as much as you. But it was a great great
2: season, but it's definitely part of it. The, The showdown stuff, especially on Run the Sims, incredible. And then just in general, being able to, uh, you know, get back into these bigger fields, the live finals, all that stuff. I love NFL season. It's my favorite, even though I do a ton of golf content and that's kind of, you know, what people will know me from. I, I certainly do love NFL DFS. It's it's by far my favorite across
1: the board. Well, you got to King of the Beach and the World Championships last year.
2: Yeah, looking to back that up again this year. So hopefully we'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, definitely good little run. Six, the King of the Beach last year. Couldn't add to the trophy collection behind, but still you know, excited about that tournament. And now this year they have King of the Desert as well, Pat, which we always should get to that one. That's in Arizona, the sports book right there. The DK is going to have up and running. So get get their guy, Pat Mayo down there and we'll get down to that one. That should be a fun one for the uh, Super Bowl weekend is when that is. Ooh.
1: So, so is there a football, it's a showdown football one to go along with the golf one? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like the top
2: 300 in both football. or So I think it's like 150 in golf and 150 in NFL goes down to the top 30, top 15 in football, top 15 in golf, go all go down there. And I'm assuming play in a some sort of mixed contest, or maybe it's just NFL show. And I didn't dig into the rules enough yet. I did get a I got a ticket so far. I got one. So uh for the golf side. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But it's very top heavy, but it's more for the experience. That's going to be awesome. The DK Sportsbook during Super Bowl weekend. So pretty sure I'm going to be down there regardless. But hopefully it's with a King of the Desert ticket in hand at the live final portion of that event.
1: Yeah, I have a meeting later on today to see if they'll send me, Jeff, and Cus to go do our show live from Phoenix that week. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be very easy they since should. you're going to be there. You can just come on the show. <laughs> yeah, definitely
2: tell them. I'm I'm going to be there either way. But I, you know, that's a separate topic. But yeah, you should tell them that for sure, and they should do it because
1: it's going to be a good week. They're having tons of people down there already for that event. All right. Anything else you want to add golf wise? I think I'm I think I'm a BMW. I'm actually looking. Unlike last week, I am looking forward to watching this tournament. Okay. I'm looking for like
2: uh, the one build I was looking like to round it out was just that you, you know, I didn't, I didn't know we were going to end it just yet, but just in general, might've found it here, but it's just, I can't quite finish it out. It was like, if I started with Fleetwood and Hatton, skip oh the 10 K range altogether. I just, again, you just, it almost seems like that's why the six K guys and below just become so popular because you just almost still need one. Like even if you like your and Grio Davis, I guess that gets you up to 8,600. Our guy, Jason Day, it's not the worst, but yeah, I can't really find that version of the build I like. So that's kind of the difference where I think people just end up abandoning the balance build. So that, that'd be my final takeaway for this week, but definitely excited uh, for the NFL season upcoming with you, with everybody, with everything that's going on at shipandation.com. The tidbits ended today at Totag and Tambo. So for golf, they're done. They'll be back for week one of the NFL. That's all I got, Pat. Appreciate everybody watching and supporting all season long. Excited, and thank you to you, as always, for having me on here with you.
1: Sure. We'll be back for football. We'll be back for golf when the season starts. It's not like Tamo and I are not covering golf as the swing season goes along. But I just want to get my, my feet wet into football full-time before we start going bonkers with more golf. We will blow out the Ryder cup and Jeff and I will be back next week to talk tour championship bets anyway. So there's only so much golf content that people need in their lives at this point. I've seen the numbers. They're going down. It's just like week 17 of football. They're not going to match, you know, week two and week three. The the tour championship is not going to match the masters. It's just not going to happen. People are kind of over it at this point, but Hey, hopefully we can win some money. The money's all the same. The odds are all the same. We can still win doing this. And hopefully this is the week to dig me out of the hole for the year, because that would be fantastic news. Anyway, smash the like and sub to the channel while you're here. Be on the lookout for more fantasy football, betting NFL, and overall NFL coverage over on Mayo Media Network and on the podcast. Ton of that stuff out already. You can play in the week one listeners link that is down in the description. Let's get that filled as soon as possible. Okay. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next time.
2: EXPERIENCE!